1: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mitch. Davis Matic, as always, here with you noon to 2 Eastern every day here on SportsGrid.com. Great to be with you as we get ready for another big game in the NBA. It was unfortunately not a big game in the Stanley Cup Finals last night, as Chris mentioned. A uh, pretty significant blowout in Game 1. I wonder if, if this changes at all as the series goes on. But Davis, no doubt, the uh, Clippers last night, right side there. Uh, no question that, uh, Paul George, and by the way, may I add, uh, Boogie Cousins becoming a part of the Clippers all of a sudden at this stage into the playoffs has kind of given them a little new life. We uh, had a baseball trade. I was very busy with this morning too. So we'll get to that as well. So plenty to get to here on the show today, but let's start with your thoughts on the game last night.
2: Yeah, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, 11 minutes off the bench, shoots 12 times, scores 15 points. Pretty incredible stuff there, of course. The only reason he even had that much time to play was because Ivaka Zubach was unable to play in that game. The Clippers started... What I think is probably their best lineup, their very small lineup of Marcus Morris, Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, and Terrace Mann. It's kind of really a a four-guard lineup with Marcus Morris at center, 30 minutes for Nicholas Batum off the bench. And DeAndre Ayton was not able to make them pay. You know, that's kind of what you would expect from the Phoenix Suns with no no center. You'd say, all right, well, we got to get the ball to our big guy. And they really didn't. DeAndre Ayton played 37 minutes, took nine shots. Uh, You know, a huge plurality of the team's attempts came from their guards, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, neither one of them had an efficient night. And if those guys are not going to have efficient nights, the Clippers are going to continue to chug away in this series.
1: Yeah, and they have so far. So definitely, uh, I think up for discussion in game six, we could be headed toward a game seven this weekend. Let's take a look at our headlines here on fantasy sports today as we begin on the 29th of June. 2021 game six uh it's coming against the suns and and i gotta tell you clippers got a shot there so we could be looking at a seven game series switzerland knocks france out of the euro cup we'll have our daily euro cup coming up at the bottom of the hour our update the tampa bay lightning dominate game one of the stanley cup finals you're seeing that score correct uh five to one woof In game one, looks like Tampa Bay should have been a big favorite. You could have laid three and a half goals and not had to worry. Nick Castellanos of the Reds continues his onslaught. Seven runs driven in yesterday as the Reds beat the Phillies. Also, Shohei Otani hit a home run in his first at-bat yesterday at Yankee Stadium. And as Chris mentioned, and we'll talk about later, there is nobody hotter than Kyle Schwarber in Major League Baseball. I mean, I just don't know what is going on with this guy. Two more home runs for the Washington Nationals yesterday. If you would have said, give me 24 home runs from a Nationals player this year and bet $100 on it, it would have went right on Juan Soto, but it is on Kyle Schwarber this season, no doubt. Uh, Big story from the NBA, of course, last night with the 41 points that Paul George scored. And there's no question that he is one of the most criticized superstars in the NBA over the last few years, just because of his playoff failures. And he was asked last night if he has been criticized too much.
3: I do. Um, And it's uh, it's, it's the honest truth. Um, It's a fact. Um, but, um, I can't worry about that. Um, it's, 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 it comes with the job, um, I guess, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I still try to go and dominate whether I'm shooting the ball well or, or not shooting the ball well. Um, I still try to dominate, um, just the whole game in, in general. Um, to me, it doesn't come down to just scoring. Um, it's just being able to play, uh, both ends, rebound, uh, and make plays for others. And so um, I'm beyond that, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm beyond that. I am who I am. Um, I wish I could shoot 80%, 75% on a nightly basis, uh, but it's not realistic. Um, but what I can do is uh, is, is do everything else. Um, and so it is what it is. They can judge me on what they want to. That, don't, that part don't matter to me. Um, I'm gonna go out there and hoop and give everything I got.
1: Really impressive post game from uh, Paul George, and and also I got so busy unfortunately today. DeMarcus to Cousins, I don't think we could have even aired it to be honest with you. He threw an S bomb in there um, in his press conference today. He was really emphatic about uh, Paul George Davis and saying uh, to give him his flowers. The guy is a superstar, and and he's just a, and Cousins would know. I mean, he's played with some of the best players in the NBA as well, so. Uh, I, I think we're we're getting close to that stamp of putting that to bed, Davis. It, it's it sounds like it has been unfair in terms of criticism because the guy has now come up in the biggest moment of his career last
3: night.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know, I know it was after your bedtime last night, uh, but people were already roasting Paul George last night because he scored, I believe, twenty one of his points in the third quarter uh it was not looking that great for the clippers at at halftime the the score was was close they were ahead but paul george was not having a good first half a lot of their first half was demarcus cousins a lot of their first half was reggie jackson both of those guys were playing super well in the first half paul george was not and it was already starting on twitter we were already talking about oh playoff p pandemic p you know, and, and all the jokes were coming in. And Paul George, he he answered those critics. And I, I have gained a lot of respect for him over the last couple of weeks as the Clippers have played without Kawhi Leonard, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't know what else the guy has to do. Um, you know, certainly, Davis, the narrative could change in the next game. He could shoot 0 for 14, and they could get knocked out, and that's the end of the story. But, like, like how many times have we got to put this guy to the test and and see what happens? My guess is one more or maybe two. All right, we got another big game coming up tonight and uh, a a spread that we really don't have a lot of clarity on. Let's be honest. It's very rare to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and and see the best player maybe on both teams not playing. We're already seeing that in the Western Conference Finals with Kawhi Leonard. So whether or not Trey Young plays is irrelevant. We got to give you a pick against the spread. We'll do it next.
4: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it! You stumped this charming devil!
0: The legends are true! But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny! Yes!
5: Sports today. I suppose there, from the text I'm getting, there are some of you waiting for me to talk about this trade with the
1: Marlins and the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, we do talk tons of baseball, tons of fantasy baseball here on the show, and I will do that coming up in about 10 minutes. So just stick with us here. NBA playoffs, a bigger priority, I think, for most people who are watching. You could, of course, follow me on Twitter, ask me any questions at Craig Mish, but I will discuss that coming up in about 10 minutes. All right, back to the NBA we go. And tonight's game is, uh, is the biggest one of the season for the Atlanta Hawks. There's no question about that, Davis. Uh, Bucks are at the Hawks. The uh, line on FanDuel right now is Milwaukee minus six and a half. I'm seeing a total of 218 and a half. It is, there's no question that if Atlanta loses tonight, they're not going to win this series. I don't think they're going to come back in with all the games left in Milwaukee. But, of course, the big question that has to be asked is the health of Trey Young, who stepped on a referee's foot. And the MRI basically showed something that could potentially keep him out of the game tonight. So as of noon Eastern here on this Tuesday, we still don't know if he's playing or not. But regardless of that, uh, both sides did talk about the possibility of him not playing in the game. So let's hear from John Collins, Hawks forward, who uh, talked about how they have played some games without him this season and won.
3: What gives me confidence is the fact that, you know, we've, we've had to play without Trey for a couple of Um, you know, a couple big moments throughout the season, throughout the year. I feel like guys have stepped up and, you know, been ready for the challenge. Obviously, playoff series, so um, the magnitude is a little bit intensified, but um, that just means other guys have to be ready to step up, and I feel like that's the beautiful thing about this team is uh, we have a lot of great depth and a lot of guys who we have confidence in and, you know, um, know, just praying that they can come in and affect the game in a positive way.
1: Perhaps the more important comment would be on the opposition of the Milwaukee Bucks and head coach Mike Budenholzer was also asked about the possibility of Trey Young not playing tonight and essentially is saying he is not buying that
0: we're planning for Trey to play Um, if he doesn't um you know I think like like we've said in the past um there's basic fundamental things that that you do night in and night out including on a guy like uh Trey Young and you know um so Uh, The group will be ready um, and prepared, um, you know, to play, um, you know, Atlanta with Young. Um, If it's something different, then um, we'll adjust.
1: All right, Davis. So there it is. Uh, You know, the Hawks are basically saying all the right things. Milwaukee has to take the approach of assuming that he's going to play in the game. That would be silly not to. The line is Milwaukee minus six and a half. And the last time I saw a line this big, I thought it was insane. And the Bucs blew him out with Trey Young for the most part. So I would ask you, does the same result happen tonight? Are are the Hawks done? Is this it?
2: You know, I don't think they're done. I do believe that Trey Young is going to play in this game. I think that if we had early news that Trey Young was not going to play, this spread would be even greater because the Hawks don't necessarily have, you know, a great substitute in the starting lineup for him. You know, I think that probably... The uh, starting lineup for the Hawks is going to be the addition of Danilo Gallinari into the starting lineup, and I don't, you know, I don't know if Danilo Gallinari is a great like for like there. So how do you? I, I mean, I, I guess I would be on the Bucks just because I think Trey Young is going to play, but I don't think that Treyoung Young is going to play well.
1: Yeah, and this is the yeah. biggest home dog of the NBA playoffs in the last month or so. So I would assume that there still is a chance that the Hawks could cover. All right, so Davis uh, probably taking Milwaukee tonight on the road. Obviously, if they win this game, they go up 3-1 and go back to Milwaukee. And even if they lose, they go back to Milwaukee again. That's what's at stake tonight. We will take a look at a player prop as well tonight. And this is on the side of Giannis. With Atlanta being a little bit dicey, I think we'll stick with the Bucks here. But Giannis' total tonight... Is uh, his points prop is thirty two and a half with a little bit of minus money. The under thirty two and a half, uh, about the same. So you know, just kind of a pick 'em here shot. And if you looked at Giannis's stats over the last week or two, you look, I mean, this could go either way. This is kind of where he is at. And they may not need Giannis tonight to have thirty three points because you know Middleton has been coming up big in the fourth quarter too. So when you look at this one tonight, any any pick, any value here from from Giannis thirty two and a half on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I just, I don't think there is any value here. Um, I was actually on, uh, the morning after with Ariel this morning and we, we talked about this specific prop and, and kind of what I thought was just, these are the least efficient props to be hitting right now. You know, the Giannis props, the superstar props, because we know what those guys are going to do. We know Giannis is probably going to take between 21 and 25 shots. It kind of is just a matter of how many shots go in. How does he do with the free throw line? The props that I would be looking at in this game as maybe a little bit more exploitable would maybe be the John Collins props, the Bogdan Bogdanovich props. Like, Because I think on the Atlanta side, um, depending on what they do to the starting lineup, I, I'm thinking that probably FanDuel is going to have a tough job redistributing some of Trey Young's touches right? because he is their primary on-ball guy he sets up all of their offensive motions and if he doesn't play or if he is limited I think a lot of that responsibility is going to go to Bogdanovich and to Herter and my guess is is that those guys props might look a little bit low
1: yeah and and I think that's part of it too it's 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 a tough adjustment not knowing if the best player essentially on the team is going to play but I, I suppose what I would ask Davis is that if for some reason Young does not play and we find out about this, let, let's call it 3 o'clock Eastern. Two questions. Number one, what would FanDuel adjust this line to with Milwaukee? Would you make them – I mean, what is Trey Young worth? Is he worth three points tonight? Would they, would they make them nine points, ten points based on him not playing? Or is this line, do you think, already adjusted with him not playing?
2: No, I, I think what this line is telling us is that Trey Young is going to play and that he probably is going to be – relatively effective, you know, maybe 80, 90% effective relative to what we thought. Now I, I, I do think that if Trey young is out, it's going to go to be like a nine or 10 point line because the guys who played for Trey young, when he was out in the regular season, you know, John Collins was talking about what happened with them in the regular season. They did a bunch of weird things. Uh, They started uh, a guy by the name of Brandon Goodwin, who is not even on their postseason roster. They played a guy named Skylar Mays some minutes. Skylar Mays has not yet uh, gotten into the rotation. They also a couple times started uh, multiple centers. They started Clint Capella and uh, a, a guy by the name of Nathan Knight, who again has not cracked their postseason rotation. So I I don't I don't think they will start Lou Williams, who is really their only other point guard who is getting minutes. I think probably their starting lineup will be. Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, Clint Capella. I like a lot of those guys. I think the Hawks' postseason run has been incredible, but that team is not hanging with the Milwaukee Bucks. They just do not have the firepower. And so I think that um, the Bucks, you know, I right now, if I had to bet one of these teams, I would bet the Bucks just on the chance that Trey Young does not play or he re injures his ankle in the course of the game. Like it just feels like the Bucks is the right side of the line right now.
1: And last thing, do you share the same sentiment as I do that it's over that if Atlanta loses tonight and loses at home, that the series is over? Do you think they have to just w- win tonight like it has to happen?
2: yeah, I just this team is not gonna come down from from three one I mean it would be it would be a tremendous choke job of course by the Milwaukee bucks, but it, you know the the Hawks kind of have that you know no one believes in us we, you know we believe right. in the in the guys in this locker room style thing and when that when that mentality gets cracked, when you're looking up at the scoreboard and you're like, man, Trey is injured, we're down 3-1, we have such a long haul in front of us. Like, I feel like those teams that really rely on that mentality, I feel like they have a much harder time coming back. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and that, by the way, that mentality, that us against the world, that that takes you far. You know, that can really get you yes. far. We've seen that in sports where, but it, but it does usually come to an end. You know, that, that, that Cinderella story usually does come to an end at some point. It's the rare teams that end up going all the way and winning the championship. And, you know, then you see what the players say. Well, why not us? Should have been, you know, and no one liked us, and here we are. But, but you're right. If they're looking up tonight down 20 in the fourth, that, that could be the end of the line. I don't see them going back to Milwaukee and, and winning the next game. Okay, coming up next, we'll take a look at the – Major League Baseball. We've got three games to preview tonight. We'll go back to the games that happened last night. We're going to go right back at them again today. Cubs and Milwaukee Brewers, Padres and Los Angeles Dodgers and uh, St. Louis Cardinals are talking about their difficulties as well. So we'll hit on that next. Don't go away.
4: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh,
5: Second. along with Lucas Dismatic
1: here on this Tuesday. We've got a lot to get to. We'll give you our daily fantasy preview of the slate on Tuesday, full slate of games in Major League Baseball. But first, let's take a look at the games against the spread over on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll start off with the division rivalry between the Chicago Cubs and Milwaukee Brewers, which last night proved to not be a rivalry because the Brewers put a 10 spot. That is right. Ten runs in one inning. In the eighth inning against the Cubs, uh, Matt McGill used to be the closer of Seattle, I think, uh, gave up six runs, did not get anybody out. Ryan Tapera, who's been so good for the Cubs, gave up four runs and only got two guys out. And so naturally here on FanDuel, they're telling you uh, this could happen again. And Brandon Woodruff is on the mound for Milwaukee. Zach Davies, who is in general, not been very good over the course of the season, but every once in a while, I guess, can throw a no hitter because that's what we saw last week. The total is seven and a half. Uh, Brandon Woodruff has had good success against the Cubs. He's facing off against them today, and uh, and talked about facing the Cubs several times over the course of the season.
0: Obviously, there's some familiarity there, just in terms of, of facing them. But um, you kind of got to go back and look, kind of at recent performances, and kind of see what you know what they're doing a better job of as opposed to last time. And I think that's probably the biggest difference. But um, at the same time, it's um, you kind of know them so and obviously they know they know me so um it's just going out there and just trying to make make your pitches and uh maybe maybe you do some things a little bit different but not not much and just kind of have to see um how the game is playing out and kind of what situation you're in and and kind of what's going on but yeah i mean you just kind of look and see what they've been doing more recently as opposed to you know 2 months ago and
1: Woodruff has faced the Cubs, Davis. Jock Peterson is essentially the only player on the Cubs who's got to him. He's got two home runs off him. And, and beyond that, he's had really good success. So, look, the line is, 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 big, is really high. I mean, it's minus 200 here. You know that some money will come on the Cubs right before the game. So Milwaukee will get down to, like, minus 190. That's usually the way that it works. But, I don't know, Whew, backing the Cubs in this situation just seems suboptimal, and by the way, they ran through that bullpen yesterday. they pitched, they uh, used Eric Sogard, their second baseman in the ninth inning just to save an inning. So I would be a little worried about the Cubs. They seem to be flailing a little bit
2: i uh I would not bet the Chicago Cubs with Brett levy's money like just not not a chance. I am backing the Cubs here even at even at plus one eighty wouldn't bet the Cubs on the run line. Uh, in fact, I would, uh, I would, I, I think an interesting thing to do here would be to bet the over on the game if you didn't want to lay all that juice with Woodruff and just say, you know, Woodruff does his job, seven innings, one earned run, whatever, and then just say the Brewers are going to absolutely pile it on. Though, uh, listeners might remember, the last time I went up against Zach Davies, I was telling you, look, we're stacking against Zach Davies and DFS. We're betting the Dodgers. And uh, the Cubs threw a combined no-hitter against the Dodgers. So maybe my, uh, my BVP versus Zach Davies is not very good. But I-, I could not imagine being on that side of this game tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, sec- let- let's look at the second game because this is definitely more interesting. So the Cardinals finally broke out of it a little bit yesterday. But does it really count? Like, I think you have to ask that question. No offense to the Arizona Diamondbacks, but they've been historically the worst team on the road in the history of Major League Baseball. And yet, if you look at the line today, they have made the Cardinals minus 160. I think just because of that, the total is nine. I tried to talk Davis off the Carlos Martinez ledge last week. That did not work in DFS. This guy is done, cooked seven walks last week, gave up six earned runs. I have familiarity with Caleb Smith. He was a starter for them at the beginning of the season Then put in the bullpen. He's back in the rotation, Davis, because Bumgarner has been out. and Zach Allen has been out. Uh, look the Diamondbacks are a really really bad team there's no question about that but the Cardinals have also not played well 7 and 19 going into last night in their last 26 games a lot of heat on the Cardinals for what's been going on lately in fact their general manager John Mozeliak talked about some of the Cardinals issues and sort of the pressure that they're putting on themselves.
6: I, I, I sometimes feel when you talk about how to get better you sometimes feel like words are cheap and it's, it's all talk and ultimately you need action. And, you know, I I still have confidence in in the, in this everyday lineup or this club, but you you know, there is that feeling sometimes when, when things aren't going well, that, that you're, that players are probably putting too much pressure on themselves. And it's much, it's, it's a lot easier for me to sit here and say, Hey, everybody just take a deep breath, uh, relax, be yourself. But, you know, we're not the ones going to the plate. We're not the ones feeling that, that pressure to do something, to make something happen. And, you know, probably the simplest way to think about baseball and a, and a team is, is really when you just simplify it and, and you remind people, just do your job. Because if you think about it, when we, we play as a team, right? Um, but ultimately, when a pitcher throws the ball, it's the pitcher throwing the ball. When a hitter hits the ball, it's the hitter. And and sometimes in those actions, the ball's hit, and then the fielder has to make the play, the first baseman has to make the catch, and so on. But my point simply is, if you if you just do what you are responsible for doing and doing that job, I think that leads to to taking some of those pressures and stresses off. But right now, when you look at all these different facets of, of how we're playing, you feel like everybody's trying to maybe do more than they need to. And um, I understand it. We every, this, this is a competitive team. There, there there are guys on this team that expect winning and, and want to see winning, and uh, no different than myself, the manager, coaches, and so forth. So, uh, but But reality is putting this type of pressure on your individual self is not – allowing us to, to really step forward. So in a lot of ways, we make that step forward, then it's two back. And so, you know, my advice and, and the way of thinking about it is, is you know, just be yourself and do what's expected of you.
1: Well, simply put, Davis, three hours later, the Cardinals won that game last night. So uh, who knows? A, a very broad view of baseball from what most people feel, uh, John Moselak, uh, has brought two World Series championships to the Cardinals. They're under a lot of heat, as you know. Uh, Dalis Garcia, let go. Randy Rosarena, let go. Cardinals can't hit. Uh, hitting coach isn't doing the job. Manager, I mean, they're under 500. But let's just look at it in a vacuum tonight. One game. Can, uh, can you be talked into taking Carlos Martinez again? I, I think that Davis, I'm going to have to take plus 136 on Arizona. I cannot do it.
2: No, I I am completely with you. I think that uh, this line is kind of based on the market just not even looking at who the starting pitchers are and just saying, all right, that the the, uh, the Cardinals have slightly better hitters. The Diamondbacks, well, the Cardinals have better hitters. I mean, you know, the Diamondbacks yeah. don't have anyone like Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt, but I mean, even Caleb Smith, who is nothing to write home about as a pitcher he is not fighting through whatever it is that Carlos Martinez is fighting through. You know, I don't know if it's mechanical stuff. I don't know if he's in his head. I mean, Caleb Smith for his career, 4.270 ERA, a little bit better than that this year, spike in K rate for him this year. Uh, now that could be related to sticky stuff. We might find out Caleb Smith is one of those guys that can't pitch without the sticky stuff. Certainly that is a possibility, I think, but I mean, just not, a, not a chance. I'm betting on Carlos Martinez. I, I, I would take the. I would definitely take the Diamondbacks here.
1: Yeah, seven seven walks last game, and and, and by the way, a close game, in where he walked seven, and that's you know that's going to even out. So yeah, I, I think that there's stuff upstairs going on with him for sure. Okay, now the the Dodgers got two runs in the first inning, and it felt like the narrative we were pushing yesterday was going to work out perfectly. Deiscaflani gives up a home run to Max Muncie, and then guess what? He pitched well. It was a close game, three to two. Dodgers win. And so uh, they they moved the line down a little bit tonight because Gossman's pitched so well for San Francisco and the Dodgers are minus 152 on the money line and the, and the total is seven and a half. Clearly my first view of this is, I mean, the Giants do hit the you-know-what out of the ball and the Dodgers have a great offense too, but these are two really good pitchers and if the bullpen can hold their own seven and a half, I mean, gosh, that feels high. These are two really good pitchers, but look, dangerous always when you get into the sevens and eights in a Major League Baseball game. How do you see this one tonight?
2: Yeah, so the Los Angeles Dodgers finally have their optimal starting lineup. It took, you know, all this time. It took until the end of June. But they, they last night against Descalfani, they played their, their best eight players. Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Will Smith catching instead of Barnes, Chris Taylor at second base, my guy Gavin Lux at shortstop instead of McKinstry, and then A.J. Pollock there in left field. That is the best lineup in baseball. You will not find a team one through eight who is stronger and, you know, and then you add in whoever you want uh, for the DH if, if they were to be playing in an American league um, type situation. So I I just got to be on the Dodgers. Like just looking at a lineup that is that good. There is no way I can pick the giants, even with Gaussman on the mound. I think this is actually, uh, I think there's a little bit of value here on the Dodgers. I think minus minus one fifty two is not quite deep enough.
1: Yeah, I, I just, every time Gossman pitches, he just makes me look bad over and over. Like, you know, Dylan Bundy last night, you know, I don't, did you see, by the way, did you see Dylan Bundy last night, Davis, what was going on? He was throwing up on the mound uh, behind the yes, that was uh, so weird. They still, yeah, they still ended up winning <laughs> with, with him doing that. Yankees are falling apart. All right, so uh, Dodgers minus 150, uh, that, that will be the play tonight. Those are the three games that we're looking at here today. Of course, you can bet all of the games if you go over to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They are uh, certainly taking all of the different options that you have in Major League Baseball as well as the NBA tonight. So go check it out and then follow us tonight on in-game live for all of the results of everything happening there. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to take a look on the daily fantasy side. Can Davis avoid Kyle Schwarber today? I, I don't think so. No matter what the graphics say, I am putting him in every DFS lineup tonight. This guy is... The hottest the hottest player, basically, I've seen maybe since Barry Bonds. That's how insane it is. But we got to figure out who to pitch. So we'll lean on Davis for that as we come back next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Also tell you about the Major League Baseball trade that happened earlier this morning. So stay on the grid right here on FST. We'll be back in just two minutes. So don't go away.
4: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
0: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes.
5: back to fantasy
1: sports today and this morning we were i mean i guess we were i was greeted to a major league baseball trade davis as uh, i would say a a trade that really doesn't do much in terms of fantasy but i suppose it's just at least worth noting because we're going to have to be doing this over the next month there's going to be a lot of trades in baseball right up until the deadline on the 30th and fortunately i was one that broke this trade today so let's uh let's get into it real quick here and then we'll get to dfs the uh, marlins uh, have traded Corey dickerson who's currently in a walking boot. I believe he has a fractured uh, foot. They have not reported that, but I think he does. So he's out for a while, and uh, they sent him to Toronto along with Adam Simber, a relief pitcher. The Blue the Blue Jays are having all kinds of problems in the bullpen, and Miami gets back Joe Panic, who, uh, Davis, I don't think is going to start at all, but he'll come off the bench. I don't know. what, what Will he play two days a week, well, once a week, something like that? So I don't think that there are huge fantasy ramifications from – beyond Joe Panic helping you win a lot of money a few years ago. I think that's probably the the end game in this story. Marlon's also got a prospect back in return.
2: Well, I mean, I think the Blue Jays do have a need for a left-handed bat. So I got got kind of excited about this for fantasy because, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, Corey Dickerson, he was so good for the Rockies back in the day. It's been a long time since Corey Dickerson was very good. Um, But, you know, their left-handed bats are – Kavan Biggio, who they would uh, you know rather be playing at uh, at the infield now, they would rather play him at, at second base with Semyon at shortstop. Um, I, I guess maybe even Boba playing a little bit at third base. I believe he has played there in the past. But yeah, their left-handed bats are like Reese McGuire. It was Joe Panic. Uh, they didn't have a good left-handed bat to stick in the outfield. So if Corey Dickerson was healthy and seeing the ball well, I kind of like that idea of him taking some at-bats away from Gurriel and from uh, Randall Grichuk, or, or Grichuk could be traded to another team that really wanted a, a right-handed power bat, because the Blue Jays have a lot of right-handed power bats, not a lot of left-handed power bats. But, I mean, if Corey Dickerson, ha- if his foot was really injured that bad, I need to temper my enthusiasm a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that you'll see him this month, so it just come down to August and September. But look, he could be viable for sure, and, and maybe he can put behind the last two years in Miami because they just really haven't been that good. So uh, we'll see what kind of fantasy ramifications from that. Deeper League stuff, NFBC stuff, yes. I mean, all these guys should be looked at, but I, I don't think this changes wins or losses, by the way, for both teams. I don't think Simber is going to change the Blue Jays, and from a fantasy perspective, he's not getting saves anyway. So uh, interesting to have a baseball trade and be able to break it here for Sports Grid. So that was cool. But beyond that, here's what's cooler, making money on DFS tonight over on FanDuel. So let's take a look at the FanDuel DFS site and explore some starting pitching options. Brandon Woodruff is 11400 tonight, followed by Robbie Ray of the Jays. He has looked really good. I, I was not sold. Davis sold me on him. But yes, he has looked good. Got to give him credit. Uh, Jose Urquidy, uh, 9500 for Houston. They win every day, so why not? And then, by gosh, Blake Snell, there is just no confidence in Blake Snell this season. And I guess there probably shouldn't be, but he's 8,100 tonight.
2: Yeah, no confidence in Blake Snell, but 8,100, I mean, even in Cincinnati, even in that ballpark, I I just know how good Blake Snell has been. A little bit of strikeout variance, a little bit of batted ball variance, and you're talking about, I think, a very good start from Blake Snell. So I just he really just stuck out at 8,100. Robbie Ray the Seattle Mariners have a 3.9 team total that is uh, pretty low and that ballpark again not super friendly but Robbie Ray has been fantastic this season Brandon Woodruff I think even with the massive projected ownership he is going to come with tonight and it is going to be very high I still I just think you know 2.9 team total for the Chicago Cubs I think we got to be on Brandon Woodruff Jose Urquidy Basically, it's just about the matchup. You know, the, the Baltimore uh, the Baltimore Orioles just find themselves striking out at this absurd rate. Right? I mean, there are loads of great pitchers tonight. Lucas Giolito got uh, rained out, got postponed. So he's mm-hmm. 9,800. James Caprelli, in $8,000 against the Texas Rangers. And how about, I'll, I'll throw this one to you for you to get disgusted. Vince Velasquez, 6,100 against your Miami Marlins.
1: Yeah, I mean, Velasquez dominated the Marlins last time out, but I don't trust him at all. So, I mean, I don't care who the opponent is. I, I just can't do it. He was pitching really well, but has kind of turned back into a pumpkin over the last few weeks. All right, over to first base, a rarity. The Rockies play a team at home, Davis, that they are definitely better than. They play the Pirates tonight. So, yes, it is all hands on deck, no doubt. CJ Chrome, 3,700. Jared Walsh, 3,400 against the Yankees. Salvador Perez is 3,000 behind the plate, and Yuli Gurriel is always a good play. He's down to 3,000 tonight. But, yeah, I would guess it is – will this be the most-owned Rockies team this season? I I would guess it's going to have to be Chase DeYoung. That guy got smashed last time I saw him.
2: Yeah, next uh, next couple days we are going to have a lot of Colorado Rockies here in the rundown because they are going to be facing the Pittsburgh Pirates who have a bad bullpen – they have a bad starting unit. About everything they do is uh, is suboptimal, and we might even find, uh, you know, we might even, I guess, find a few Pittsburgh Pirates here in our lineups as well. Gurriel mm-hmm. gets the matchup against a guy I truly have never heard of, uh, Trey Lakin's senior. Don't know, don't know what, uh, don't know what direction to go with that. Don't have anything for you there, but I just have a feeling the Astros are probably going to get to him. Uh, Salvador Perez just carrying like he, he is just playing uh so well right now and he is priced down i was surprised to see that against pavetta he is actually cheaper than carlos santana so went with the cheaper of those two options uh jared walsh our second highest projected first baseman of the day short porch there in yankee stadium tot winds blowing out we feel good about jared walsh and then of course cj crone uh maybe he finally starts to pay off some of those draft picks that i was making
1: yeah, well, uh, he won't be a Rocky in a month from now, so it's time to play him every day. I mean, why, why are they still playing Matt Adams? I have no idea. All right, second base, speaking of which, uh, the Rockies have finally committed to guys like Ryan McMahon, so you should be committing to him tonight for sure against Pittsburgh, 4,100. DJ LeMayhew, boy, it's been tough to pick any Yankees out of that lineup, but he's 3,400 tonight. Ozzy Albis is 3,800. Ty France, 2,800 tonight. So France down a little bit from where we saw him last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, my guy Ty France with the huge park upgrade. I mean, it really can't be overstated how much of an upgrade it is going from the Mariners' ballpark to the Blue Jays' ballpark. Uh, platoon advantage, of course, for Ty France. Don't don't love the Mariners' offense, but I do. I think you can, you know, use Trey uh, Ty France, and I think you can use Mitch Haniger. Uh, Ozzie Albie's big team total for the Atlanta Braves against another New York Mets pitcher. We talked about Eichoff yesterday. Uh, we have uh, Trevor McGill today so if you if you guys are big Trevor McGill fans I'm sorry DJ LeMayhew I mean the Yankees have the third highest team total of this slate which is giant by the way we have a a 15 game slate every team in baseball uh playing here tonight they have a giant team total LeMayhew platoon advantage against Andrew Heaney and then of course our favorite play at the position Ryan McMahon against Chase DeYoung we feel very good about McMahon in this spot
1: all right, let's go over to third base. Probably the best player in baseball that nobody knows. Brian Hayes, 3,900 tonight for Pittsburgh. Uh, since he's come back off the injured list, he's been great. I, I don't think they could put him in the all-star game. He didn't play enough. Newman will make it. But Hayes is is, is better as a pro than he was in uh, as an amateur. And better, in, and better right now in the big leagues than he was in the minors. It's really amazing how good he is. Manny Machado, thirty six hundred. Jet Lowry, thirty one hundred. Josh Harrison, sneaky, twenty eight hundred. Because guess what? He's batting sometimes in front of Schwarber and in front of Soto, or or even in the back of the lineup. Sometimes they use him in the nine hole and the pitcher in the eight hole. So some runs probably on the on the on the table for him. And he doesn't bat right in front of those guys. So a stolen base. So I think that's a sneaky play tonight. Twenty eight hundred.
2: Yeah, I've gone uh, both ways with Rich Hill. We have recommended Rich Hill here in the, pit, the, the pitcher section a couple of times. Remember, we got that 13-strikeout game from him. But, again, I am a little bit worried about him maybe being one of the sticky stuff guys because he, the thing that makes Rich Hill effective at 41 years old is his curveball just confuses the crap out of batters. They don't know where it's going. But if you can't throw the curveball ever for strikes guys are just going to stop swinging and you're going to be behind in counts. You're going to be having to throw 85 mile an hour fastballs just to try and get strikes. Not a great situation. So I think the nationals are super sneaky. Uh, Jed Lowry just, you know, continues to hit well. Fulton when Fulton is bad, he's bad via the home run and it doesn't matter who it's against. You know, this is like when, when Fulton is bad, he's giving up home runs to Billy Hamilton. It uh, it doesn't even matter. Manny Machado, great matchup at the Cincinnati Reds, that great ballpark uh, against Tony Santillion, who we have established on this show we're not big fans of. And then how do you avoid Cabrian Hayes in Coors Field? I know you and I are both big fans of Cabrian Hayes. You know, I power, steals, great batting average. Like, he just does it all. 3,900 for him. Great play tonight.
1: And great defense, too. Okay, over to shortstop. Trey Turner, 4,000 tonight for Washington. Marcus Simeon is 3,400. Wander well, Franco coming back down to earth here a little bit. So his price is dropping at 2700 And then Ahmed Rosario, who uh, certainly is playing for his playing time right now, is 2600 tonight.
2: Yeah, Ahmed Rosario is just a temporary beneficiary of the injuries that Cleveland is dealing with right now. He's getting a boosted spot in their lineup order. Nothing particularly special about him. Does get a matchup against Jose Urania, who is no good. Uh, Wander Franco has a decent matchup tonight against Joe Ross. We've seen Joe Ross be very good this season. We also have seen Joe Ross get absolutely shelled. He was really good in his last start against the Marlins. Marcus Semien, great matchup at home against Chris Flexen. And I think, by the way, he's not going to be too chalky tonight because I think Tatis, obviously, is going to draw a lot of people's interest. I think Trey Turner against Rich Hill. Is going to draw a lot of people's interest, and then of course Trevor Story against Chase DeYoung. So Semyon, kind of a you know maybe like eight percent owned tonight, which I think is a pretty good range for him.
1: Okay, and let's go to the outfield and look who has shown up on the list for today. I'm very happy to see this. Shohei Otani 4300, of course, but here he is. Kyle Schwarber has finally made it 3500 tonight. What is he only going to hit two tonight? Probably. This guy is unbelievable. Stan homered last night. He's at 3,400. Ben Gamble is at 3,000. And one of Davis's guys, Jorge Soler, what a disappointment, huh, this year? 2,800 for the Kansas City Royals. Maybe it just was that, like, year and a half that he found it because he really didn't look right last year. I mean, I guess he's okay, but, well, it was disappointing.
2: Yeah, very very disappointing, but uh, a decent game for him yesterday, two hits. Uh I mean not that not that Jorge Soler is like turning a quarter or anything. They also have been rumored to maybe be uh changing their batting order up, which I think would be good for Jorge Soler. He batted second yesterday. I think that is, you know, sandwiching him in between Witt and Santana I think is good for him. Of course, even with the lefty on lefty, just could not ignore Kyle Schwarber who is I mean, he just must, the 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 baseballs must just look like beach balls to him. Uh, Stanton has the platoon advantage in Yankee Stadium tonight, hit the home run yesterday. Our guy, Ben Gamble, he'll probably bat six for the Brewers tonight against Marquez, but I just wanted to get, I wanted to get someone in there from that Coors Field game here in the outfield. And then Otani, home run in his first at-bat in Yankee Stadium, the short porch. We said he was going to hit a home run yesterday. He did hit a home run yesterday. That's our guy. He uh, is tied for the league lead in home runs, and I just I love to watch this MVP campaign. And I don't think Jamison Tyon is going to be the guy who stops him.
1: Yeah, I don't know if did you see J.J. Watt's
2: tweet about uh, Otani yesterday? I did not. Was it great?
1: Yeah, he basically said, like, what am I missing here? This guy is the best player in baseball. He's a hitter. He's a pitcher. He does things that have never been done in sports. There is no other discussion. He's the most valuable player in Major League Baseball. That's what J.J. Watt said uh, yesterday. So he shares the same opinion as you. And Watt is a pretty sharp guy, I would say. All right, coming up next, it is time for us to update things on the pitch. We've got Germany and England with an update coming up from the Euro Cup and also an updated Wimbledon. So make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid right here on Fantasy Sports today. We've also got our headlines with Chris Kofsky coming up at the top of the hour. We have our fantasy football best ball preview as well. This is Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid
5: and we'll be right back in two minutes. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. Chris is standing by with your headlines
1: at the top of the hour. I figured we would check in with Davis on the Euro Cup today. Arguably yesterday, one of the best days in the history of football or soccer. Uh, Everyone was talking about it, certainly the two great games that there were. But Davis, what's going on in the game between Germany and England today? And also any update at Wimbledon?
2: Uh, Well, yesterday was amazing. Uh, All the games yesterday were fantastic, you know, breathless, minute by minute. Today, basically the exact opposite. When someone who doesn't like soccer, when someone who doesn't like the football talks about why they don't like it, they are talking about the games today. Both teams very much trying not to lose, uh, not a ton of creativity on offense or anything like that. So 0-0 between England and Germany. I got a small bet on Germany. I, I bet them live at plus 180. Uh, really hate the formation and the group of players that uh, England is playing. It's, uh, it's pretty disappointing to watch. No update for me on Wimbledon. Don't think we have any big upsets brewing right now, but I will definitely let you know if uh, that changes over the next hour of the show. And I'm very much hoping that the next game we have today, Sweden and Ukraine, is a little bit more exciting, and maybe we'll give an update on that at the end of the show.
1: All right. So there you go. Updates from Wimbledon and the Euro Cup. And we'll, of course, continue that here on Fantasy Sports Today. Now, for those of you who watch our show every single day, I want to give you an understanding on a programming update that we have coming. Now, Davis and I normally hear every single day, 12 to 2. Uh, we have been at this now, uh, Davis and I here, for uh, getting close to a year. And I've been at this for almost two years and here at Sports Grill, many of you know, during the pandemic, when we had no sports, we were still on the air every single day from noon to 2 Eastern. Well, uh, this, this weekend coming up, this July 4th weekend, everyone here is getting a little bit of a breather. So on Friday, you can catch our show still from 12 to 2, and it's actually a brand new show. We're going to be taking a look at the win totals over on FanDuel in the NFL. So, from noon to two, Davis and I will go through every single win total and give you the edge on some that you can actually bet right now with training camp opening up in a couple of weeks. So, you can catch that show again this Friday and again on Monday from noon to two Eastern right here on Sports Grid. I'll remind you guys again tomorrow. We'll take a quick break. Here's Chris's update. Be right back.
0: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes.